Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Stephen Nill, CEO of CharityChannel.com. So, you want your charity to succeed. You came to the right place. Integration of online and offline techniques is the key to your successful fundraising, and practical advice on going green is what you need. With this show, The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart, you will learn from experts around the world who provide advice you can use. Our host is Ted Hart, one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. This year, he is celebrating 25 years in the nonprofit sector and the 10-year anniversary of his firm, tedhart.com. His books range from successful online fundraising to the use of social media and how to make your nonprofit green. His guests are leaders in their field who will share tips and trade secrets for nonprofit management, green strategy, and fundraising success. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, here's Ted. And good afternoon and welcome to the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. Today is February 15th and it is a beautiful bright blue sky here in the nation's capital, uh, if not just a little bit uh, chilly today. Uh, as always here on the Nonprofit Coach, we start with page one news. <laughs> Now, as you know, here on the Nonprofit Coach, we have our page two expert coming up today, and you will have an opportunity uh, to ask questions by dialing in at 347-324-3080. And a very special treat today because today we do uh, celebrate our third edition of the AFP Wiley radio show. And today, uh, one lucky caller will win a copy of Breakthrough Nonprofit Branding today. We also will be giving away a copy of the Nonprofit Guide uh, to Going Green, and you can read all about those details over at p2pfundraising.org. As always, you can ask questions by dialing in. You can ask questions by joining us over in the chat room, and I do see a couple of folks joining us over in the chat room, or you can email me at tedhart at tedhart.com. So first up here on the Nonprofit Coach, page one news, uh, we do have over in the radio links at tedhartradio.com, you will find an article over on Mashable, really exciting new website guiding uh, people who visit this website through the homeless experience. Uh, this is a rather unique opportunity that was developed by uh, advertising agency McKinney who has teamed up with Urban Ministries of Durham, uh, North Carolina. And what they do in this website, and you've got the article and a link uh, to uh, this uh, special website that they've uh, developed, is their whole goal here is to really help people who visit this understand what it is to be homeless, what it is to live uh, homeless. And the question is, if you accept the challenge to play, uh, you will enter a simple point-and-click game navigating multiple-choice questions about your livelihood uh, and could you make it through this month. So it's really a very interesting uh, opportunity for people who have never been homeless to understand the plight and that, of course, is the goal of this nonprofit-based organization uh, in North Carolina to create this website called Spent. So you'll find that article over on Mashable, and you'll find it today at uh, tedhartradio.com. Now, don't forget, if you want to ask a question when you dial in to 347-324-3080, uh, press the number 1 so that you raise your hand on the switchboard so that I know that you want to ask a question. Next up here on page one, 
is actually tomorrow, on February 15th, the Ford Foundation will bring together 200 of the world's most forward-thinking social innovators, technologists, philanthropists, and entrepreneurs to explore how technology can advance social change both today and in the future. This is called Wired for Change, uh, and this is, again, sponsored by the Ford Foundation. And you can find a link in the description about Wired for Change over in the radio links at tedhartradio.com. Uh, next up here on uh, the Nonprofit Coach uh, is an article uh, from the Chronicle of Philanthropy uh, for our listeners over in the UK. It turns out that nonprofits in the UK will get about $321 million equivalent dollars uh, on bank bonuses. Uh, British charities and volunteer groups will reap $321 million under a deal between the government and major banks on executive bonuses and lending. Uh, this is being reported uh, by uh, Reuters and the Associated Press uh, regarding the country's big four banks, Barclays, HSBC, Lloyds, and the Royal Bank of Scotland, uh, who are all part of this donating money to the, uh, to the big society bank. Uh, so congratulations on making all that happen to help the social sector uh, over in the UK. And today you can listen, uh, read all about that uh, over in the Chronicle of Philanthropy with the link at tedhartradio.com. Uh, next up here on the Nonprofit Coaches, I do want to draw your attention uh, to a very special event that's going to be taking place in Canada uh, called Digital Leap Canada. You'll find a link over in the radio links at tedhartradio.com, uh, and uh, this is going to be taking place on April 12th. Now, I think I have a good friend of mine, uh, Mark Sutton, who's going to join us here on page one. Uh, Mark, are you here with us? I don't think Mark's here yet. I apologize for that. Well, what I wanted to do uh, is uh, to share with you that uh, Mark Sutton, who is with uh, Artez Interactive, is actually going to be uh, a big player in uh, Digital Leap 2011 and a very special show that's going to be taking place here on the Nonprofit Coach. So mark your calendars for March 8th. 12 noon Eastern on March 8th will be our, I know you're not going to believe this because I hardly can, our first year anniversary show. And what's going to be taking place that, uh, that day is we're going to have experts who will be presenting live in Toronto on April 12th. Joining us on that show, we're going to have lots of giveaways, uh, lots of opportunities to learn uh, from uh, folks such as Ryan Miller, who is the Director of Nonprofit Services at CARE2, uh, Liam uh, McKee-Scott, who's over at CQ, Change Strategies, and a number of other luminaries who are going to be joining us on that very special anniversary show of the Nonprofit Coach on March 8th. So don't, uh, don't miss that opportunity. And of course, that's a big build-up to the second Digital Leap Conference in Canada, which will be taking place on April 12th at the Royal Conservatory of Music in Toronto. You can uh, get tickets uh, and participate by going to digitalleap.org. Next up here uh, on the Nonprofit Coach is an article from Social Media Today uh, that I thought you all would find very interesting, and that is 10 Tips to Inspire Your Audience to Take Action in Social Media. Um, and uh, Social Media Today always has uh, some really great, uh, uh, great tips, but it starts off by uh, what is the mindset of your audience, what do they need, what do they want, and walking you through helping you inspire uh, your audience. And, of course, uh, our big topic today on page two of the Nonprofit Coach is branding and breakthrough nonprofit branding, uh, specifically with our page two expert today. So I think those two together are going to be very, very helpful for you. Now, not great news uh, here on page one. Uh, for a lot of uh, charitable organizations, uh, President Obama has uh, put out his budget plan. He is calling for a cut in charitable tax deductions. Uh, now, he called for that last year as well, and it didn't pass. And, of course, any budget that will pass Congress will be all sorts of compromises and changes. Uh, but there are lots and lots of changes uh, for deficit reduction uh, regarding uh, estate taxes. Uh, and there's, uh, when you've got a safety net like ours in the United States uh, that does rely on the charitable sector, uh, it's hard to imagine that there isn't going to be some pain in our sector 
uh, as we try to get uh, our country's fiscal house uh, in order. And, and by no means does this budget uh, get us uh, in order, but it is a, maybe a, a first step in that direction. So you can read about that as reported on the Chronicle of Philanthropy uh, through the radio links at tedhartradio.com. Uh, a new uh, format uh, could lift mobile giving, and this is uh, being reported. Uh, the uh, CEO of Mobile Giving Foundation tells USA Today that donating via cell phone could increase in months ahead as more carriers drop fees for giving and opportunities grow for people to contribute in different amounts uh, by different methods. And, of course, this is really uh, what's been holding us back here is sort of those micro donations and really not being able to, uh, in my estimation, I've not been able to wholeheartedly recommend that charities get behind mobile giving uh, because it really doesn't match philanthropic giving in its entirety in the United States by just having uh, small, you know, five or ten dollar uh, gifts. And, and quite honestly, the while uh, the mobile carriers have opened up their platform to allow for some giving, they've been pretty stingy in how far they've been willing to go uh, in helping charities really be able to uh, harness the power of uh, multimedia messaging services or MMS. Uh, so uh, read a little bit about it. It's a short little article over in the radio links, uh, but we're watching this. Certainly we expect that mobile giving will uh, continue to grow, but not with some changes, without some cha changes to the infrastructure for nonprofit organizations. Next thing I've got up here for you on the, uh, the nonprofit coach uh, is uh, Facebook, once again, launches uh, changes and a redesign uh, to its pages. We wanted to uh, give you a, a link uh, from Mashable uh, where you can read all about the changes, the implications uh, of what this new look again uh, over on Facebook. So always uh, looking for changes over on Facebook. Once again, I want to take the opportunity here on this show to share our perspective uh, for charitable organizations in terms of how you should be viewing uh, Facebook. Undoubtedly, it is important to the future of your organization. Over 500 million people on a platform such as Facebook is really hard to not pay attention to. However, my recommendation, again, for charities is that there's a step-by-step -step approach that is necessary for success in the online space. And it starts with a well-designed website full of unique content and certainly designed to me, as I've shared on this show several times, what I call the 10-second test. And that is in 10 seconds can I tell who you are, what you do, and third, and where most charities fail is what do you want me to do? What is the call to action? So a well-designed website is where we start. Number two uh, in the Ted Hart social media strategy is uh, to make sure that you have a solid GuideStar strategy. GuideStar.org, make sure that you have filled out the templates and that you have a solid strategy to make sure that you are presenting yourself well to foundations, corporations, and high net worth individuals. The third strategy that I recommend is that of LinkedIn and a solid LinkedIn strategy. We're not going to take a lot of time on that today, but that's the third strategy. Facebook follows those three strategies. So I do bring it up here on page one uh, because, of course, we monitor it along with uh, other aspects of social media, but I want to make sure that we always remind you to keep it uh, in perspective uh, for your organizations. So I am very, very pleased uh, to uh, uh, share with you that uh, we are wrapping up on page one and we are ready now for the third installment of AFP Wiley Radio Show, uh, and that will bring us to our page two expert, and we have our very special AFP Wiley uh, Radio Show theme music. Here on page two, it is my pleasure uh, to uh, welcome to uh, the nonprofit coach uh, with Ted Hart, our page two expert. Our page two expert today is Carol Cohn, who has 25, over 25 years of experience creating substantive public-private partnerships that advance solutions for social issues. As founder of Cone Inc., she led the development of initiatives for Avon, 
ConAgra Foods, Chevrolet, ITT, PNC, Financial Services, the list goes on and on, uh, including such luminaries as Reebok, uh, Western Union, and American Heart Association, helping raise awareness and over, get this, $1.2 billion for causes. Not surprisingly, in 2007, PR Week called her arguably the most powerful and visible figure in the world of cause branding. In 2010, she joined Edelman, where she is today and continues her journey guiding groundbreaking corporate citizenship efforts as Managing Director of Brand and Corporate Citizenship. Please join me today in welcoming a very special guest here on The Nonprofit Coach, Carol Cohn. Welcome, Carol. Introduction. Oh, Carol Cohn, are you there? I am here. Yes, I am. Oh, there you are. Good, good. Welcome okay, here to the Nonprofit Coach. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us here today uh, on the Nonprofit Coach. Very, very impressed uh, with your uh, book, Breakthrough Nonprofit Branding. The subtitle here is Seven Principles to Power Extraordinary Results. I want to remind our listeners that they can call in today at 347 324 3080 when we're ready to take calls today our first caller will win a copy of this wonderful book uh, from Carol Cohn and Jocelyn Daw and uh, Carol it takes a lot to write a book that's going to be accepted into the AFP Wiley series what makes breakthrough nonprofit branding so special oh, and first thank you again for that kind introduction well, what makes the book very special is, and I have to give credit to um, one of my co-authors, Jocelyn, is that Jocelyn had the original relationship with AFP, and she wrote a book about, oh, I think about five years ago called Cause Branding for Not-for-Profits, and that's where I met her, and um, she asked me to write the forward, and we got to be good friends, and then she had two other books in the series because AFP really was delighted with Jocelyn's work. And so she and I got to noodle about, well, what is truly needed? And we started talking about building powerful brands for not-for-profits. And it's important for your listeners to know this isn't just for the big guys. Um, it's also for the emerging not-for-profits. And um, when we wrote our book, and, and we also invited two of my colleagues um, at Cone, I was still at Cone at the time, and um, Christian Derrigan, Miranda, and Ann Earhart, and um, we had all worked in public-private partnerships for, I think, one day we got together and we said, oh, my God, how many years? I think it was like 70 years. So we had a lot of experience, but we said, you know, when we look for the not-for-profit to partner with our for-profit or we're trying to help the not-for-profit gain more corporate partners, what do they need to have? And it all came back to having the most clear, focused, and authentic brand meaning. So we said, let's write a book about branding, but not about logos and identity and taglines, but more so as the brand being a focused north star or a compass for all internal activities as well as external activities. So long story about how we uh, got into the AFP series. Well, and, and Carol, I have to say it's one of the things that, that truly impressed me uh, about uh, about this book is because it does move beyond, and it's one of the topics that we've covered uh, on this show several times, and uh, certainly I, I cover uh, in my lectures, is how social media and the Internet is changing the whole aspect of, of, uh, of branding and how a lot of charities really are stuck in what I call you know, branding or marketing 1.0, where mm -hmm. they do view it as sort of the name and the logo go on the tagline and haven't really moved beyond that right and and um, the way but it's it, it takes effort and work to truly focus and define your brand meaning um, but it is so worth the journey and I hope I get to tell the story about college forward because when they went through that journey and they're the smallest one of our 11 cases in the book they grew from 600,000 in revenue to a million eight, and it was only over a few years. So um, it's really a, a wonderful experience. I'd like to talk a little bit about how we wrote the book because um, it wasn't just about our 70 years experience and who are our friends who are not-for-profits we want to focus on. We actually went out to AFP members 
and we did a survey, and we and we said, here's some criteria. We needed not-for-profits from Canada, from the U.S., large and small. Um, they had different t- types of services that they were providing. And which ones really are breaking through? So we asked AFP members. We also did a survey with the not-for-profit membership of the American Marketing Association. So we were basically given about 30, and then we called them down. And um, the cases, and then we took a year to interview those 11 not-for-profits. And we talked to anywhere from three to about six or seven individuals. Some we did face-to-face. Um, I had the wonderful opportunity to spend two full days with UNICEF, the U.S. Fund in New York. Um, and, again, uh, then a lot of them we did by phone. And we ended up with over, I think, 1,200 pages of transcripts. Um, so we had a lot to work with. We then also interviewed about 12 experts um, in the not-for-profit field, as well as our core expertise um, from the four of us who wrote the book. And the cases who are featured in the book are everything from the American Heart Association, the U.S. Fund for UNICEF, Coleman, to the Kids Help Phone in Canada, Inspiration Corporation, Food Bank for New York, College Forward, and Nature Bridge. So it's a really nice um, and we've been told it's kind of a nice point, uh, counterpoint. We talk a little bit about the case, then we give some instruction, and there's a lot of charts and graphs, and this is what you can do the very next day, no matter what size not-for-profit you are. And then we go back to some more of the cases. So we've gotten great feedback from our reviewers, and I think we're still at the, I think we still have five-star ratings all across on Amazon, so we're very proud of that. Well, and you, and you should be. I think that you've really developed something of uh, true value uh, to the uh, the nonprofit sector. And there's so many aspects of uh, of this book that I do want to uh, explore with you. And I do want to uh, remind our listeners that they can call in and ask a question at 347-324-3080. Make sure you press number one so I see your hand up and I can uh, go to you on the switchboard. And our first caller today uh, will win a copy of this wonderful book. And before, uh, Carol, we do go to a caller, uh, and caller, hang in there because I do see you on the, the switchboard. I wanted to uh, ask you to specifically focus in on this concept of developing a 360-degree brand communication plan. Um, what, what does that mean, and why does that make it different for, from what okay. a lot of charities do today? Okay, let, let me just can I, let me go back to the first principle in the book because I think it's important to just a little bit of a discussion on what's an authentic brand meaning. Um, and, you know, we really analyzed these brands, and we came up with something that's very simple to remember, and it's called the head, um, heart, and hands approach. And so to really analyze your brand meaning, and no matter where you are, I mean, even if you're American Heart, they truly went through a brand reinvention. So did Coleman. So did actually UNICEF. Um, and it's, you know, first to the head, what do you do better than any other organization? What do you distinctly do? You know, a lot of not-for-profits, as well as for-profits, have mission creep or brand creep. You know, we want to do, oh, the next, oh, we'll give you $50,000 if you do this or 100000 And it goes creep, 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 and all of a sudden you stand for all things and you stand for nothing. So what do you do better than any other organization? And how do you deliver on your value and your missions rationally? Then you want to add the heart part. And this is a really important, you know, aha, which is that, you know, your supporters, your volunteers, your donors, their community that's built around your not-for-profit, they join you not because you're UNICEF or Goodwill, but what is your mission? What is the cause you're putting forward? What is the emotion? And what is the cause? It's, you know, UNICEF is doing whatever it takes to save the life of a child. Their goal is to believe in zero because over 22,000 children die needlessly every day around the world from preventable illness. So the cause, it's not join UNICEF, but it's what we're doing. We're believing in zero, saving the life of a child. Then you go well, Carol, that is so important, and that's a topic that we've raised on this show. Is yeah. and, and I think that social media only perpetuates uh, your position, uh, and that is that it is much less about the organization than it is right. the cause that the organization makes itself the spokesperson for or the centerpiece for, that they become the, the mechanism through which people can accomplish what they want to accomplish. But big names have fallen and, and big brands 
brands will fall. Um, it's only those that are the cause that people want to support that are going to survive. Absolutely. And you know what? I think that organizations, they worry about giving up control a bit of their brand and inviting others in. But it's the inviting the others in where when they see the emotion of your cause and then you give them the third part of this um, very simple thing that is the head, the heart, and then it's the hands. Create a sense of belonging. Give me a way to partner with you to either raise money or advocate or walk or talk or do something for the cause. So it's the head, the heart, and the hands. And if you look at your brand meaning and you're authentic about it and then you begin to understand it's focused and it becomes the filter for your internal decision making. Who do we hire? Who's passionate about getting engaged? What's their job responsibility? And then it's going to the external, to your point, how do we build com a community of passionate followers who will follow with us, who will create, we create a sense of belonging, and then they push our cause forward. Um, so it's that head, heart, and hands that's really, really important. So just one yeah, of and that, and that really is uh, a very important uh, point that that, uh, that you raise here uh, in terms of all those those aspects of branding needing to work together. Um, Carol, I do think we have uh, a caller here, caller area uh, code uh, 617. Uh, you're here live on the Nonprofit Coach. You have a question for Carol. Go ahead, caller. Well, I see them there on the switchboard, so I'm not, not quite sure, Carol. Maybe uh, uh, we'll be able to come back to uh, you, caller, or maybe you have us on, uh, on uh, uh, mute or something of that sort. So, Carol, I, I did want to come back to this concept of the 360-degree brand communications. Can, can you help us understand that? Interesting is that um, you must – we found that our not-for-profits, that it wasn't just about one – type of communications function. It wasn't just about the special event. It wasn't just about the direct mail. It wasn't just about the social media or the website or the publicity or the advertising or the internal meetings with their staff. It was all of these coming together and looking at a 360-degree surrounding your volunteers, surrounding your donors, surrounding your issue because we live in such a cacophony environment and everybody's got such a short attention span that you need to get your messages and your means of engagement and your emotion out in many, many different ways. And hopefully that doesn't sound overwhelming to your, to your not-for-profit brands who are listening in, um, but it's an important way to look at a communications um, strategy and program because it's not just one direction. The other thing is that, with, especially with social media today, it's not about a monologue. It's not about me pushing out messages about who we are and what we do. And, you know, please, you know, here it is. I mean, UNICEF has this wonderful thing. You know, they said in the olden days, you know, in November, December, they would use their megaphone. It's the end of the year. It's tax season. Give us money and, you know, we'll send you a receipt. You know, that's the old way. And what UNICEF learned when they created their new, you know, Believe in Zero is that, one, they could communicate around the year and create various ways and methods of engagement and a sense of belonging with them. Well, and that, that is a very important aspect of your, your message, isn't it, that, uh, uh, it, that you have to break down silos and that even within the, the, the organization itself, they can often become their, their own worst enemy and not using the tools that are already available to them. Yeah, and let, let me give you another UNICEF example. Um, I think I kind of became totally like, you know, a total super ambassador after I spent two days there because um, everybody was amazing. When they came up with their distinct brand meaning, which was Believe in Zero, and if you can see their, their new brand identity, it's beautiful. It's the number, it started out actually with 26,000, and it had a line in it, um, the 26 went zero, zero on the last line with a different color, and it was Believe in Zero, and they had a line through it. It was really beautiful. But it became the rallying cry. So no matter where you were, whether you were the CEO, whether you were the head of finance or the head of public relations, you would go whatever the distance was to save the life of a child. So the brand team previous to this 
they were very, very reluctant to invite partners in for promotions and such. But when they came up with the new focused rallying cry and they realized they needed to do whatever it took to, to believe in zero, they decided that they could let down the barriers to protecting their brand. And um, David Droga from Droga5, which is a wonderful ad agency in New York, came to them and said, here's a very simple idea. In New York City, we have the best tap water in the world. So why don't we come up with this simple idea? When you go out to a restaurant, instead of paying, you know, 2 3 $4 for bottled water, why don't you drink tap water and donate that money, which is usually a dollar, to the U.S. Fund for UNICEF? And thus was born the TAP Project. And they started in New York, and David Droga, he did some wonderful PSAs and print, and they came up with a sticker, and restaurants decided to join in, and it was called the TAP Project. And it was a very, you know, wonderful. It was a, it was basically a glass of water. But UNICEF, they had some nice experience with it, and they, they started raising some funds in New York. So they then decided, through Droga again helping them out, to push this out to other markets. And what they did was miraculous and absolutely unheard of in UNICEF in previous years. They allowed ad agencies in each one of those markets to interpret the creative execution and the call to action of the TAP project in their own ways. So Minneapolis was different from Detroit, which was different from Chicago, which was different from Seattle and San Francisco. And it was miraculous in terms of the excitement of the creative community who said, we can believe in zero. We will help to do wonderful creative around the TAP project and inspire our respective cities to really join in, to believe in zero, to do whatever it takes to save the life of a child. And it's become a wonderful fundraising campaign for UNICEF. We have an email question uh, that, that just came, uh, came in, Carol, uh, from mm -hmm. uh, Tracy in Chicago. And she's okay. asking, how do I get my marketing department to believe in you? <laughs> well, I don't think they want to believe in me. I think they want to believe in um, the – I love them to believe in me. But um, basically, I would say – and I'm not here to, to, you know, to, to sell books, but then again, I think this book is um, – I, my wish is that, yes, it was a labor of love, but, you know, if we could get 10% of the, what, over 2 million not-for-profits in, I think, North America to buy the book, the book is such a roadmap that, you know, if you walk your marketing department through it, and there are a ton of exercises in it, um, I, you know, just have to buy one. <laughs> I think that yeah. you truly well, And we're not the least bit shy about wanting okay. to encourage our listeners to uh, to buy this book. Uh, there is a link in the radio uh, links today uh, to your website, Breakthrough Nonprofit Branding. They'll find that at tedhartradio.com, uh, so they certainly can buy the book there or just go to Amazon uh, and find the book there. So this is our AFP Wiley radio show. Uh, okay. So we're not the least bit shy about uh, trying to get people to buy this book because we think it's a winner. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, the, the book really will take you through exercises um, in each chapter, and you can follow it. I think that there's one of the great chapters, by the way, it's one of my favorites besides the, the first one, is on partnerships. We spent a ton of time on partnerships because um, we had done at Cone a lot of work to actually, you know, refocus the American Heart Association when they truly went from having about 15 or 20 programs to truly focusing their brand. They, they did a, re, a brand reinvention, which was learn and live. And then they needed to engage with the cause, so that's when we in, we helped with them invent and create Go Red for Women. Uh, they had had no really major focus program on women and heart disease, and then a tremendous amount of hands work, the belonging part of that, and then other parts, their um, START campaign for adults and activity, their alliance uh, for healthy generation with children, and their power to end stroke with the African-American community. So. I would say you can make believers out of your marketing department um, by just kind of, you know, buy one or two books and, and walk them through. There's lots of checklists and, and such. The other thing is that, you know, certainly um, if you go, um, Jocelyn Dawn and myself, we're giving a lot of speeches um, around the country, um, you know, periodically in Chicago because Edelman's other major second largest second U.S. offices in Chicago. So, 
you know, maybe we can stop by someday. Well, and and uh, uh, in on your uh, your website that there is a link on uh, at tedhartradio.com. You also have uh, a list of where you'll be found found uh, for lectures as well, so people can follow you wherever you might be. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, yes, that is. Uh, I wish you were going to New York because I'm doing a big one with two of our cases at the uh, Better Business Bureau not for profit seminar on the 22nd. It's next week. It's a morning. It's like 8.30 to 12. So if you have a reason to go to New York, uh, we'll be doing – I'm the uh, last speaker with this panel, so we'll be there. Okay, terrific. Listen, I was wondering if you could, and I, I don't want to put you on the spot because I know there's a, there's a lot in uh, in this uh, in this book. But I'm wondering if you remember the uh, uh, the example that you give of the untraditional museum, and uh, the lessons <laughs> that, that come from that, which I think are, are related to principle three. Yes, the untraditional. Uh, you talk about HealthWorks. HealthWorks, um, yes. Yeah, HealthWorks was an interesting one because it basically was a hospital. And the hospital wanted to have greater engagement with the community. And um, they also wanted to promote being healthy, but especially for young children because, you know, good habits start early, early on. And the Untraditional Museum was a very interesting, was a collaborative venture with the hospital um, and HealthWorks, and they wanted to create an experience that was more, again, about, remember, it's not about, your organization it's about you know what's the heart what's the cause and then what's the sense of belonging and they basically it was just it's a wonder everything was crazy fun when they invited young people school trips and things like that to come into this museum and to learn about being healthy in the most fun way and so part of the brand dna was being untraditional so it was everything from where they were tie-dyed, you know, you think about the 60s and Jimi Hendrix shirts, to when you walked into HealthWorks, they had this kind of bubble machine, and you walked through kind of a, a sea of bubbles. And so, and then actually the, the trainers there, you know, one, they use their brand, their unique brand, even in the recruiting of those trainers, um, you had to ask, you know, why did you love to teach and how do you do it in non-traditional ways? And you almost had to audition. You had to audition as part of the, the job recruitment um, process to, you know, to really, uh, you know, how could you do something fun with a pencil? How could you do something with, you know, heart health, et cetera? And so every single portion of that health works, which is, again, teaching young people who do not want to learn about health per se, like, you know, eat your carrots and eat your peas and don't drink a lot of soda. Everything was in a non-traditional way. And the bottom line for the organization is better community engagement. Is there also a, a fundraising aspect of this? Where, where does branding meet fundraising? Where does, oh, where does branding meet fundraising? Well, branding is absolutely critical for fundraising because if you stand for all things and you don't stand for something really specific, um, it's going to be really hard to get donors to donate to you or engage with you because they don't know what you stand for. I think the College Forward case in the book is a great, great example. It's a wonderful example. Um, and, again, for they started out – with some very well-minded people um, in Austin, Texas, who felt it was the right of every young student in Texas, especially underserved students, to go to college. And so they came up with their not-for-profit, and they called it Admission Control. And they felt, well, you know, that's our name because we're trying to control the admissions process to help young people navigate in high school and especially underserved Hispanic uh, students. So, you know, they were kind of limping along, you know, making, you know, raising money mostly from friends and family. They were getting $200,000, $300,000 a year, and they weren't really getting a, a enough to, um, to serve a larger population of students. And they were thinking about, well, what's the problem? And they were, they were applying for grants. They got no grants whatsoever from foundations. And then one day the straw that broke the camel's back was when one of their family members called, and when the phone was answered, admission control. 
they hung up. They thought they had called NASA. Well, ah, oh, my God. Okay. oh, my God, there's something wrong with our brand. It's not working. It's working against us. We're all working so hard. So they went through a process. And um, UNICEF, when they went through their process, they actually used a board member, Jennifer Dorian from TNT, who took them through some very, very sophisticated, you know, segmentation and brand analysis, et cetera, focus groups, et cetera. College, well, College Forward at the time in Mission Control didn't have that kind of money. So what they did is they brought all their senior colleagues together, they, and they spent a year and a half. What do we stand for? What do we do better than anybody else? What is our process, et cetera, et cetera? And they said, you know, we really advance young people through this high school to learn how to apply to college, pick colleges, fill out the applications, you know, do the interviews, et cetera. And they said, hmm. We, they started them picking words. We help with college, and we advance them forward. So they came up with some words. They then did, a, I think, a survey monkey survey. costs nothing. And they asked people, what are the key words that we could choose? And they came up with the words college forward, not admission control, but college forward is what we advance young people through. They also, and this is a key, key point about looking at your brand. When you go through the exercise over six months, a year, even two years, to truly understand what you stand for and what you do better than anybody else and bring in some smart people from the outside to help you, you begin to also look at what are the services that you do better than anybody else. And the folks at Admission Control, Admission um, Control at the time, realized it wasn't just going through the college admissions process, but there was another thing they did better than anybody else, and they called it persistence, which kind of sounds funny. But what they did is once the young person got into college, they had mentoring with adults that helped them adjust and stay in college so they didn't drop out. They called that persistence. So they realized that they did two parts of the process. And they expanded a little bit more about their reach. When they did this, they had a better narrative of what they did. And then, lo and behold, they changed their name, they changed their logo, they changed their brand narrative, they changed their um, heart and their hands, and lo and behold, their fundraising went from 600000 about three years ago, we think this year they're going to they're going to raise 1.8 million dollars. That's a huge. And, and what's increase. and what's the bottom line message here? Is it clever is not always clear? <laughs> I think clever. That's a great line. I'd love to use that in my next book <laughs> because <laughs> you don't want to. You know what? I always have this thing about names. Because we've named a lot of our campaigns, and, we, and it's always the hardest thing, you know. PNC Grow Up Great, Avon Breast Cancer Crusade, American Heart Go Red. Don't have a name. Now, those are programmatic versus a brand name. But you do not want to create something that is so mysterious that it truly, you don't invite people into your organization. Well, and, that, and that's uh, that's uh, that's a key focus. Now, you said earlier that this particular organization did not have a big budget, um, right. and in your book, you you speak specifically to staffing and resources. Uh, is it necessary to hire you know a a, a big brand consultant uh, like Carol Cohn, uh, or mm -hmm. is it possible that an organization can successfully reinvent themselves internally? Well, I think that what College Forward, um, from admission to control to College Forward, um, totally did it on their own. Uh, I think that, that the way, you know, it, I, I believe it's always good to have outside um, guidance because truly it's a guide. It's very hard to do it on your own. I think that um, there are ways to, to don't cut the corners if you've got some budget. It's always helpful even if it's only a day workshop to bring in a good consultant to help ask the right questions. But, you know, there's also um, low, there's low bono, and there's also free on your board members. So, you know, who 
you know, boards are really, you know, if you pick the right people for your board, you know, where do you have the weaknesses? Where do you want to strengthen them? I mean, UNICEF is a, you know, very large organization with, you know, large revenues, but they also carefully populated their board. Um, and, again, Jennifer Dorian taking them through some very sophisticated brand work, and then they went through a very sophisticated segmentation on their fundraising, which allowed them down the road when they were asked into U to um, P&G, they could show to P&G that they had a large segment of their donors who were interested in global causes, not just local causes. So there are varying ways to go through this process, and I would say get a guide, whether they are free, low bono, or you need to expend some money because it could be some of the best money you ever spent. So, so it, it it can cost or be creative and and look for other resources is uh, is yeah. part of the uh, the message that you bring forward here. Absolutely, well, Carol. I, I we do have a a caller today, and uh, being our first caller uh, for today, they will win a copy of Breakthrough Nonprofit uh, Branding. Call you're here live with uh, Carol Cohn and Ted Hart, and you're at uh, area code seven eight one. Go ahead, you're live. Hi, Ted. It's Mark Sutton calling. Um, and I, hey, Mark. How are you? I'm we were looking well. for you a little bit earlier today. Um, do you have a question for Carol Cohn? Um, you know, I was really uh, calling in um, because I had wanted to uh, chime back in with, with you, having uh, been involved with uh, the radio show from the very outset and just was, was calling in to um, listen to the program as I do every week and also uh, wanted to um, uh, just follow up having uh, been on with you during your first session and uh, wanted to uh, congratulate you uh, uh, given that you've been doing this for a full year. Almost a full year, that's right, yeah. And uh, page one we were uh, talking about, uh, uh, thank you for uh, jumping in here, uh, Mark, uh, we do have our anniversary show coming on up on uh, March 8th, uh, and uh, you were our very first guest. Um, so I appreciate uh -huh. you uh, calling, calling in uh, calling in today. Our our guest today, as you know, Mark is Carol Cohn, and she's the author of the book Breakthrough Nonprofit uh, Branding, uh, which is part of the AFP Wiley Radio Show. So I'm going to ask you and Carol uh, just to let me take a little bit of a break because uh, we do have. Uh, some business to take care of, so I'll be right back. Well, I've got some good news here uh, for one of our uh, readers of the Green Nonprofits uh, newsletter, which you can subscribe to for free at Green Nonprofits. Dot org and we have a uh, promotion running uh, all month. Uh, actually, it will be running next month as well, sponsored by Santa Fe Aventus. And so we're happy here on the Nonprofit Coach to bring support to the work of GreenNonprofits.org. And today, uh, we're going to make Barry Hoff a very uh, happy man. Uh, he is over at Southampton Head Start uh, in Riverhead, New York. And, uh, Barry, you have just won uh, an autographed copy of the Nonprofit Guide to Going Green. So congratulations. And for all of our listeners, uh, you can uh, find a link at greennonprofits.org to the newsletter. You can sign up, and you can also learn how you uh, can get into the drawing for next week's show. So congratulations to Barry Hoff, and we're going to head back to the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. <laughs> Carol, I'm watching our, our time today. I've had such a great time uh, uh, chatting with you uh, uh, today. Uh, but you've got so many different uh, groups uh, in uh, in this book. And as you said, you went through a, a very lengthy survey process, and uh, this was a, a nice partnership with AFP, which has just developed a, a very, very rich book. I'm wondering, is there a common theme among all of these groups in terms of what triggered the uh, the, the interest or the need or the desire uh, to rethink their branding? Um, actually, there wasn't, um, but that's a great question. Um, in the book, we talk about that there are times to think about a rebranding, 
And um, sometimes what triggers it is an internal organizational change. There could be mission drift, a change in strategic direction, a merger of two or more organizations. The Food Bank for New York was, was one specific one there. Um, or declining revenues or membership base. Um, then there's external marketing factors, which could be evolving constituent needs, um, cultural trends that are shifting. Uh, there could be new organizations um, with a similar mandate or major social and economic shift. So, you know, we talk about revitalizing the organization. So it can be a refinement. It could be a refocus or it could be an expansion or it could be a total repositioning. If you look at American Heart and Coleman, um, those were total repositionings. I mean, Coleman, you know, if, if you think about it, it was started with a you know, valiant story. Um, Nancy Brinker lost her beloved sister, Susan G. Coleman, to breast cancer at a very, you know, young age. And so she created, if you remember, the cameo, which was actually her sister's profile with a bun. And it was very kind of, you know, in a way old-fashioned, old but, you know, it was, it was very touching. And then they started talking about, you know, so you had comb, the culmination, and then you had the race for the cure. And so um, there, over the years, as this became greater and greater and greater, there was a lot of confusion about, you know, who's Susan G. Komen, what's for the cure, et cetera, et cetera. Plus, their constituents also got younger. So there was a need to refresh what they were doing in a major way, and they did it. And it's now Susan G. Komen for the cure. Um, American Heart Which went is through great. something. Carol, I, I do want to just uh, jump in here because uh, Mark sure. Sutton uh, is still on the line with us, and he does have a question for you. Sure, uh, I want to make sure we get that in before the show ends. So, Mark, go ahead. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah, Carol, um, we, we do a lot with, uh, with online fundraising where there's a social media component and, and it's mm -hmm. person to person where there's, um, it, it's up to people to go out to, you know, their friends on Facebook, Twitter. And so we get questions a lot from organizations we work with um, about branding as it relates to social media. And one of the questions mm -hmm. specifically is around sort of a, um, a, an, an apprehension or just sort of a concern about the uh, really letting go of your brand, if you will, yes, to right. um, to many of the constituents, and I, I think that the general sense is that it's the right thing to do, but still, mm -hmm. it's a bit of a transition, and so it's trying to find the people in the organization who are trusted with that. How do you manage that if you even do manage it? And I just was wondering what what your thoughts are, and kind of what guidance you'd give to nonprofits in this area. Well, I think that one I totally agree with you is that um, it, you do have to let go when you want to invite others in others who are going to either participate in the cause and promote it or they're going to get hands-on and do something, and they want to, you know, wear you as a badge or promote your cause, um, you have to have the, dare I say, confidence and, um, you know, hope that, that, you know, if you have, it goes back to what does your brand stand for and your unique brand meaning. If you have that and you've done your homework, and letting go of it, as UNICEF did with the TAC project, it was just a natural thing to do. So you start with your homework first, and then letting go, you know, in most cases, I would say that it won't get hurt and ruined. So, you know, have a little confidence and take a little risk. And I, would, I just want to jump in there because, you know, then, then in a lot of nonprofits, uh, you run into uh, folks who uh, have been around for a while uh, who feel really invested in the old brand. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, how do you I think, get that? How do, you, how do you get through that? Well, I th think that uh, – oh, here's a, great, here's a great UNICEF story. UNICEF decided that it was time to just look at their brand, so they, they called a focus group together – and, you know, they sat behind the, you know, the one-way mirror, and they had the moderator ask the participants, tell us about SAVE. Tell us about um, CARE. And some beautiful images and explanations came up. Then they said, tell us about UNICEF. And one of the tricks that they did is they videotaped it. And it was a thud. <laughs> Nobody in the room could say anything about UNICEF. And then, then somebody said, uh, trick-or-treat boxes, yeah, and something about children. 
So what the very smart marketing people did, and it was painful, is that they cut this. It was very rough. You know, this isn't high-level video. It's like a flip cam. But they cut it to the really painful moments. They took this to the senior team. They introduced it, and they said, take a look. This is why we need to revisit our brand and go through this process. And, and, and that would be true for, for nonprofits or for-profits, for that if those who are closest to you can't tell you what you are, then you right. know you're in trouble, right? Right. And, look, everybody, you know, has nostalgia. I mean, think about UNICEF. I mean, everybody had nostalgia for trick-or-treat boxes and their holiday cards. But, you know, when they couldn't really talk about, you know, that's not why they exist. You know, they don't exist that. That's just a fundraising mechanism. You know, they were founded, you know, after World War II to deal with the orphans, to give the orphans a future because they had all lost their parents in the war. And over the years, they had tremendous scope creep and mission creep, and they needed to get back to their core. What do they do better than anybody else? They save the life of a child. That's what they do. That's a, that's a wonderful story and, and, and I think really does help draw all of us back to uh, where we started um, uh, with our discussion today, Carol, and, and that is uh, what is the mission and mission needs to drive it. It's not a logo. It's not a tagline. It is why are you here? What do you exist uh, to do? So, uh, Mark, thank you for, uh, for your question today, and Carol, thank you uh, so much for, uh, for uh, your uh, efforts today as well. I want to come back to a closing uh, statement from Carol in just a moment, but I do want to draw uh, attention uh, for our uh, uh, listeners uh, uh, today uh, that uh, we have another radio link uh, that uh, is available to you over at tedhartradio.com, uh, and this is uh, specifically uh, speaking about uh, a very important issue uh, in our uh, in our sector here uh, today, and that is. Uh, how we account for our expenditures. Um, and certainly when uh, budgets are getting tighter, uh, and money is harder to, uh, uh, to come by. So I want to draw your attention over in the radio links today to uh, a survey that is taking place over on LinkedIn today. Uh, and I want to encourage our listeners to go and take the survey um, and to, uh, uh, to that's a LinkedIn survey uh, so that you can uh, participate in this discussion uh, over at uh, tedhartradio.com. Uh, so, uh, Carol, coming uh, coming back to you, summing up uh, the seven principles uh, to power extraordinary uh, results. Uh, you focused on a couple of those uh, principles um, uh, today. What stands out for you, and what was truly breakthrough? What was truly breakthrough? I think that, yeah. um, well, I, I would just say that, you know, it's not about a brand. It's not about your name, a tagline, or pretty colors. A brand is a set of expectations and beliefs that the marketplace has about you. And um, that's a quote that's in the book from David Plackett, who is um, from Lexicon Branding. And I, I think, again, what sticks out is that the, the not-for-profits who have gone through the exercise, large or small, have become more powerful. And they have become more focused, and they have really helped to engage their volunteers, their donors, and build a community. And, I, and we end the book with this quote, and I just love it. And it's from Jennifer Dorian, who, again, is the strategic advisor for the U.S. Fund. And she says, be brave bold, and bigger than the whole organization. That's what breakthrough brands do. It's got to be an invitation to join a cause and a movement. Carol, that's a great way to uh, end our show today. I can't thank you uh, enough, Carol Cohn, uh, with Breakthrough Nonprofit Branding for joining us today. I want to draw attention to uh, next week's show. We will be back here live on the with effective telephone fundraising with one of the foremost experts uh, who has written the book, Effective Telephone Fundraising, and that is Steve Schott. So make sure that you mark your calendar and join us back here on the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart next week at 12 noon Eastern on Tuesday. Take care and thank you again, Carol Carroll. Okay, thank you. <laughs>
two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.